Good to see you again. Happy New Year. Uh, We're a week, eight days into our new year. Good to be with you. We begin a series today on uh, from the book of Psalms, and we're calling it uh, Prayers from the Heart, because Psalms are prayers. They are musical prayers uh, back to God. And in the book of Psalms, we see all the different types of prayer, all the different moods of prayer, all the content and the emotion behind prayer. There's intercession, you know, when you're praying uh, for something else, about something else, Lord, please bless so-and-so. There's lament. We're going to take a look at lament, where you uh, sigh out your complaint and your heartache to God. Did you know that that's a type of prayer? Lament. There's praise, obviously. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. The Psalms are, some are exuberant, some are quiet, some are sad, some are actually angry, some are very calm, and it's all the different moods, all the different colors of prayer. Our Lord Jesus said that out of the heart the mouth speaks, right? And so that includes our prayer, uh, the words that we say in prayer uh, come from the heart. And so when we examine prayers, we're actually looking at the heart. Happy, sad, uh, uh, angry, uh, questioning, uh, prayers from the heart. And today we take up one of the primary themes of the book of Psalms, which is the Word of God. That's uh, two different two weeks this week and next week on the Word of God, and it's really easy to remember the the, the prime uh, scriptures in the Book of Psalms because it's one nineteen. That's what we'll look at today, and next week it's Psalm nineteen. So those two Psalms deal with the Word of God one nineteen and nineteen. So let me see if I can introduce this topic by referring to the Bible which is engaging with the Bible, is the vanilla factor in spiritual growth. The vanilla factor. That's a phrase from a book called Follow Me. This book was a massive study done by Willow Creek Community Church that explored what helped people uh, grow spiritually. This is a massive survey and study they did, and there were four uh, groups of people um, uh, exploring Christianity, you know, just seeking, just checking things out, just becoming acquainted with Christianity, growing in Christ, we might say like baby Christians, new Christians, young Christians, close to Christ, Christ Christ-centered. The question is, what helps people move forward? How does a seeker go into to a, you know, a relationship with Christ? How, how does a baby Christian grow into the third category, close to Christ? What, what accounts for that? Willow Creek found there were many things that accounted for it, but engaging with the Bible is the vanilla factor. Now, what does this mean? Vanilla is always the top-selling kind of ice cream. Every year, always every year, vanilla is number one. What do you think number two is? 
Chocolate is always number two. How about number three? Actually, number three varies from year to year according to what's like, you know, like Rocky Road or, uh, you know, whatever is like current, the trend, you know, whatever is hot. Vanilla is always number one. But that doesn't tell the whole story. Not only is vanilla always number one, it's way number one. Like, like, here's chocolate, you know, sells this much. Vanilla is always at least twice as much as chocolate. So, calling the, engaging with the Bible the vanilla factor, the number one factor in what helps a person grow spiritually, it's not just number one. It's the big one. Now, there's other disciplines, other things help you, you know, move forward through Christ. Uh, prayer, obviously, and confession of sin, and serving the, the unfortunate and the poor. These are all, you know, great things to help us grow spiritually. They found, though, engaging with the Bible is numero uno, and not just number one. It's huge. It's the vanilla factor. Engaging with the Bible. See, the Bible uh, describes itself as water that washes us. It is milk that nourishes a baby. It's a mirror that shows us our true selves. It is a sword to battle the devil. It's also a sword that pierces our own conscience. It is a lamp for guidance. Engaging with the Bible is the number one factor that helps us move forward with Christ. So, the new year is upon us. It's a good time to take stock of our habits, and I would like you to engage with the Bible in 2017. By engage, I mean reflect on it, think about it, listen to it, dwell on it, and see if the Lord doesn't move you forward. Where will you be spiritually one year from right now? Is this January 8th? Is that correct? I'm kind of mixed up. Where will you be January 8th, 2018? Stuck? Retrogress? Or two or three steps forward? The Bible is going to be huge in this process. It's not the only thing, but it's the, it, it's, the vanilla, it's the vanilla factor. Engage with the Scripture. So, I, at the end of this message, I'm going to suggest some specific ways on how to engage with it. But first of all, let me give you six reasons why you might want to do this in this new year. Reason number one, why should you engage with the Bible? Number one, for salvation. Yeah, for sal- to, to be saved. I don't mean you're saved by reading the Bible. I mean it is a means of grace that God uses to introduce you to Christ. To save you. Psalm 119, verse 41. May your salvation come to me, O Lord, according to your promise, for I trust in your word. May your salvation come to me, because I trust in your word. Second Timothy, chapter 3. Paul said to Timothy, 
from infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Interesting phrase. These scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. What what do you think that means? I think it tells us how to be saved. It tells us things like, hey, you're a sinner. Uh, We probably knew that. It tells us this sin separates us from God. His his righteousness, his his proper anger is expressed. You know, Adam and Eve kicked them out of the garden and we're part of that scene. But it tells us there was a man, a son, named Jesus. He never did anything wrong, but he came and he absorbed our sins. It tells us if you believe in him, he shares his own righteousness with you. And you become a daughter, a son of God. You think we would have known all of that just sort of on our own, just sort of, sort of, you know, philosophy, just sort of meditating? Well, we probably would know some things about God just by observing nature, right? God is an artist. God is an engineer. God is huge. He's powerful. What would we know beyond that? Think we'd know of Jesus? Huh? This book makes us wise for salvation. Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Reason number one why I want you to engage with the scripture, for salvation. This book will make you wise for salvation. Number two, for shalom. You know the word shalom, right? It's a Hebrew word. It means peace, but it means more than just You and I sort of use the word peace to mean the absence of conflict. You know, uh, there's peace in the troubled lands. In the Bible, shalom means well-being, richness of life, wholeness. And the Bible is connected to our shalom. Listen, Psalm 119, 165. Great Peace have they who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Joshua chapter 1. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to obey everything that's written in it. Then you will be prosperous. And successful. There is a connection between the Word of God and meditating, I'm calling it engaging with the Bible and obeying the Bible. There's a connection there with prosperity, shalom, wholeness, peace. This is what you want. This is what I want. This is, God has wired us this way. It is connected to your engaging with Holy Scripture. Um, Number three, to be equipped for good works. God has placed in your heart a desire to to do good deeds, to help people and tell the truth and be a good person. This book equips us to live that way. For example, 
Second Timothy chapter 3. All scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. So that the man, the woman of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love this verse. The the word of God, the Bible says, is God-breathed. Literally, in the Greek text, it is breathed out or expired or exhaled. From God himself, he, he breathed into human authors, Paul and Isaiah and all those guys. And this book equips us by teaching and rebuking and correcting us for good works. For example, um, parents, raise your hand if you're a parent. Okay? A good number, maybe a third or so. Uh, do, you want to, do you want to be a good parent? I know you do. I do. This book's going to help you. It will equip you for good works. How about uh, taming your tongue? Does anyone here need help taming your tongue? Go ahead and raise your hand just real, real quick. Just come on, get them up there. Everybody in this room. Every, you know, you've you, you got a sharp tongue. It's fine. You can put them down. Uh, You've you got a sharp tongue. You, you, you tend to be critical. You cut people. Or you, you twist the truth and spin the truth, you know, habitually. You, gotta, you, you have a tongue that's out of control. How's that going to happen? This book is at least part of the answer to being equipped for good works. Where will you be January 8th, 2018? Moving forward or stuck or to be equipped for good works? Anybody have trouble uh, uh, handling your temper? Your temper is just kind of out of control. Okay, a couple people there, right? Yeah, uh, some people, you know, with their temper, they, they kind of blow up other people, clam up, but it's still temper. It's a different way, you know, punishing the other person. Some people cut up sarcasm, blow up, clam up, cut up. Jesus wasn't like that. How are we going to be conformed into the image of Christ? Well, through many ways, different, different spiritual... This is the vanilla factor, though. And I'm commending it to you to be equipped for good works. So what do we have? Uh, reason number one for salvation. Reason number two for shalom, peace, prosperity. Number three, to be equipped for good works. Number four, for light. For guidance. We, we need guidance, don't we? We're so short-sighted. We, we, we kind of fumble our way through life. But the Bible, as Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet. It is a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Here's some scripture that talks about this reason number four, this enlightenment, this, this guidance. 
can you tell I have uh, some lines in white and some in kind of yellow? Why don't we do this as a congregational reading? Let's have these sections over here read the white lines and you guys over here read the yellow lines. But notice as we read, it's all about understanding and wisdom and light and guidance. So let's start over here. I'll read it with you. Ready? Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Through your precepts we have light. Understanding, we know more than our teachers, more than the aged, people like me, through this book. Guidance, light, understanding. Reason number five. You ready? To help you hate every wrong path. Did, did you know that that's, that's good, that's, that, that's virtuous? We love what is good, what is beautiful, what is godly. We hate what is evil. Not saying we hate evil people, otherwise we would have to hate ourselves at times. But the scripture says we should turn aside and, and reject and hate every evil way. Psalm 119, verse 127. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, because I consider your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. May the Lord develop in you and in me his heart. Did you know that God hates some things? Not, I'm not saying he hates people, but there, there, there's, you know, evil is bad. It's wrong. It's hurtful. It's disgusting. It's, and God hates these things. And we want to be like God. And how's that going to happen? How are we going to be conformed into the, the image of our Father and his Son? Through the Bible. Number six, here's the final one, to be pure. In 2017, I would like you to engage with the scripture, because it will help you be pure. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can a young woman keep her way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with my whole heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Put that word in your heart. Transform the heart. And it will modify and conform your actions into the 
character of Jesus. Okay, there you go. That's six reasons uh, for salvation, for shalom, for light and guidance, right? For uh, To be equipped for good works, to help us hate every wrong path, and to be pure. Now, I want to end here with some practical suggestions for how to engage with the scriptures. But before we do that, let me, let me make a couple of acknowledgments. Here we have six reasons. Let me make two acknowledgments. You may be thinking this. This may be coming to your heart. Let me just acknowledge uh, two things. Number one, the Bible is hard to understand. It can be very difficult. And when you hear a preacher exhort you, engage with the Bible, you may be thinking, oh, please. I don't, it's just like, blah, 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 I can't understand it. And I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that. L- listen to uh, Second Peter chapter 3. Maybe you'll be encouraged. Peter's talking about Paul. Peter says, Our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom that he is given to him, as he does in all his letters. Some things in those letters are hard to understand, <laughs> which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction. I love this. Paul, I mean, we, we love Paul. Yay, Paul. Paul's a good guy. I'll tell you what, he writes some stuff that's really hard to understand. So said Peter. And he was right. One of the reasons it's hard for us to, to read the Bible and engage with the Bible is because we live in, in an electronic age, right? Rapid fire, jump cuts, edited, sound bites, eye bites. <laughs> And it's hard to engage with these uh, words on a page. And so I acknowledge that. So, but let me just say, uh, what we're talking about in engaging with the Bible, it is a discipline. It is a discipline. So find your own way. <clears throat> and I'm going to make some suggestions. But just realize this is going to put, take a little bit of effort on your part. Um, with this book that can be complicated and hard to understand at times. That's the first acknowledgement. It's hard to understand. I acknowledge that this is a discipline. Second acknowledgement, (coughs) personality types. Everyone in here is an individual, right? We are all like snowflakes. No two alike. (laughs) Each one unique in its individuality. (laughs) And that's right. Everyone in here is an individual. Some people here are contemplative. Some are active. Some are engineers. Some are artists. Your path to spiritual growth, remember moving from a a beginner in Christ through a Christ-centered, your path in this spiritual growth will not look exactly like any other person's in here. But there are principles, there are general, you know, the vanilla factor, there are general disciplines and habits, and how we incorporate those into our lives, well, it depends on each of us, but I acknowledge different personality types. There aren't any prescriptions about this engaging with the scripture. We don't make a law out of this, but it is a principle. If you want to grow... If you want to be saved, 
if you want guidance, if you want shalom, you're going to have to connect with the Bible in some way. All right, those are two acknowledgments. And then finally, here we go. Uh, how to engage with the scripture. Leaf, leaf, L-E-E-A-F. Turn over an old leaf here in 2017. Number one, learn it by heart. That is to say, memorize it. Once again, this is not a law. This is not a prescription. It's not thou shalt, but, but consider it. Why not? Why not? Memorize some parts of scripture. My wife and I do this. Uh, we're very low key about it. It takes us forever to learn a passage of scripture. But over the years, we've learned, I suppose we've learned 20 or more passages. And the way we do it is at dinner time, uh, we just read the passage out loud. I copied it, Xerox uh, uh, it, and she has a copy and I have a copy. And we just read it out loud. And eventually we have it memorized. Thy word have I hidden in my heart so that I won't sin against you. That's one way to engage with the scripture. The Bible will not transform you. It will not save you. I mean, God will not use it to save you. It's not going to happen by speed reading. Skimming. You with me? Done for the day. Slow down. Engage with the screen. You might want to try it by memorizing. Number two, L-E. Engage with the eyes. That is to say, read it. Read it. Take it slow. You don't have to do great big hunks of it, but think. Think about what you're reading. Meditate. Read the Word of God. L-E-E. Engage with your ears. Listen to the Word of God. Some of, some of you will find this easier than reading from, from the page. Why not listen to it? I listen to the Bible every day. I did it this morning. Every morning I listen to the Bible. Here's my favorite Bible reader. Here's the, uh, the website, the app. Give it a try. Uh, this guy, he's a pastor in Cincinnati, and he's my personal friend. His name is Hunter, and he's a really good reader of the Scripture. And if you listen to Hunter read the Scripture for a year, you will go through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice. And it doesn't really take that long. It takes maybe 12 or 14 minutes a day. My point is, use your ears. Why not listen to the Scripture? Engage with your ears. Number, number, whatever it is, the A, assemble. That is to say, group discussion. Are you in a Bible study? Are you in a, a group which, you know, talks about the Bible? This is an excellent way to slow down and meditate and think and engage with the Scripture. Listen to other people. Listen to their questions. Learn things. Maybe there's a teacher in your group, somebody who knows some more. It's an excellent way to engage uh, with God's holy word. And then finally, the last one is fill in. That is to say, uh, take notes during preaching or at other times. This will help you think about it. It will give you a record that you can go refer back to afterwards. And you can, uh, you can continue to sort of meditate and think about Put it up on the refrigerator or whatever, on the mirror in the bathroom. And I see a number of you taking notes right now. That's excellent. That's, how you, that's one way 
you can engage with the scripture. L-E-E-A-F 2017. Where will you be in 2018? 365 days from now. Here's Francis Schaeffer in conclusion. Francis Schaeffer was a pastor and an evangelist. He was an apologist. That means a defender of the faith, a persuader. He, was, he had his ministry back in the 1970s. Here's what Francis Schaeffer says about uh, the Bible. He says, I don't love this book because it is a leather cover and golden pages. I love it because it is God's book. Through it, the creator of the universe has told us who he is, how to come to him through Christ, who we are, and all what all reality is. Without the Bible, we wouldn't have anything. It may sound melodramatic, but sometimes in the morning, I reach for my Bible and just pat it. I'm so thankful for it. If the God who is there had created the earth and then remained silent, we wouldn't know who he is. But the Bible reveals the God who is there, and that's why I love Scripture. Will you join me in 2017? Will you join me in engaging with the Scripture? Find your own way, different personality types, I know it. Will you join me in developing a simple, doable, realistic, steady discipline of engaging with Holy Scripture? May the Lord bless you and help you so that one year from now, you're a few steps forward in your spiritual maturity. Heavenly Father, thank you for telling us about yourself, revealing yourself, telling us about salvation through your holy book, the Bible. Where would we be without it? And thank you that people like David and the other psalmists celebrate this and say, oh, how I love your law. Build that heart in us also. In Jesus' name, amen.